When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thor Love and Thunder should be a slam dunk, so why is it a rare Marvel Cinematic Universe disappointment? I'm Roger Chang and this is your Daily Charge. Joining me to share his spoiler-free thoughts on Thor Love and Thunder is our resident Marvel expert, Sean Keen. Welcome, Sean. Thank you for having me. So overall, what did you think of Thor Love and Thunder? I thought Thor Love and Thunder felt like a pale reflection of Thor Ragnarok. Uh, It tries to repeat that movie's magic um, while stuffing a bunch of ambitious plot elements from the comics in there. And it just feels unsatisfying as a result, uh, which was really, really, it really hurt my soul to uh, (laughs) write disappointing next to Taika Waititi's name in the headline. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just, I just had to do it. Had to be real. Yeah. And that is just for context for our listeners. That is that is something you are a big, big Marvel fan. You adore many things Marvel, and so um, to you know the fact that you're calling this a, a disappointment, a rare misfire for the MCU. That's that says something. Uh, yeah, just without getting into spoilers, and I know you sort of hinted at some of these elements, but but what about this movie made it so disappointing for you? It just feels like it glosses over everything like (laughs) like it brings back jane foster uh from the first two thor movies for the first time since 2013 and Mm -hmm. like it's not a spoiler because it's like in all the promotional material uh she gets the power of thor and she looks really cool and I was super excited for that. And it just didn't quite deliver. Like, there are some cool moments with her. Um, but, like, emotionally, it doesn't hit nearly as deeply as I wanted it to. Uh, and I feel like Thor himself feels kind of extraneous to the plot. Like, everything going mm. around him, on around him, is more interesting than he is in this movie. And that's despite Chris Hemsworth just being super charismatic and funny. But just the writing didn't didn't stack up. Yeah, that's really surprising because it seemed like he really found or hit this uh, this great stride with Thor Ragnarok in terms of his comedic timing, the combination of that and and his charisma that really played into the Avengers movies, and and so I think there was a lot of excitement, a lot of hype over what that follow up, especially since Taika Waititi was involved with this. I'm, I'm curious overall how this stacks up against other recent MCU outings. So I think the MCU has been on something of a hot streak uh, because Spider-Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness were a lot of fun. I go back to Eternals. That wasn't terribly well received. That was Palmeris and Long. And I thought about it just before this. Uh, I think Thor Love and Thunder could have done with being a bit more ponderous or taking its time. Like it is, it is, that's a clean two hours and that's fine. Whereas Eternals was a long, long three hours. (laughs) And like, I I generally favor shorter movies, uh, but I feel like Love and Thunder could have done with maybe an extra 
20 minutes, half an hour, just to get some more emotional resonance in there. Yeah, and, and as you alluded to, this this film draws from a number of different key comic storylines, some that are near and dear to fans of the comic books. Uh, I'm curious if you, like, do you need to be a Thor comic expert? Because I don't, I don't actually know if there are how many of them are there out there, but do you actually need to be an expert to really appreciate or even understand the plot, what's going on? I think you'd be better off knowing less because I was comparing it <laughs> directly to... So this kind of matches up two storylines from Jason Aaron's beloved Thor run from 2012 onwards. Um, it's Gore the God Butcher, who's played by Christian Bale in the movie, and Jane Foster as Thor. And knowing those plot lines as I watched the movie, it just didn't match up to the comic versions. Like, the Gore mm. stuff is really chilling in the comics, and the movie pulls some shots directly from comic book panels and mm-hmm. that makes me think oh that's good yeah that but it just it just reminded me that just it's not as good as the comic it, it created this direct comparison got it uh like i said we're not gonna go into spoilers but uh, i will note that the last mcu film dr strange at the multiverse of madness was chock full of references and connections to other marvel films and shows I'm curious if Thor Love and Thunder is just as connected or or if it's more of a standalone film. It's not nearly as connected or reference-filled or cameo-filled as Doctor Strange 2. Um, It feels more like a sequel to Ragnarok uh, Mm. than like an MCU major entry, which is fine. Like, it's, it's always kind of a balance. It's like, do they want to continue plot threads from the mainline MCU? Or do they want to continue plot threads from like a character solo series? And most of them balance that. And yes, there are yeah. there is stuff from the MCU. Like, for instance, our last encounter with Thor was in 2019's Avengers Endgame, where he went off mm-hmm. with the Guardians of the, of the Galaxy. And that seemed to set up where this film would go. But they very quickly kind of move away from the Guardians of the Galaxy and like have him going off on his own again, which I was disappointed by. Like, I don't think Drax the Destroyer has a single line in this film. Got it. Well, yeah, that was, I mean, that, that's that been played up in the promotional material a lot. The, that team up, right? Having Chris Pratt in there, the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so it's surprising that they're, they're just sort of done away with fairly quickly. Yeah, it, it's really quite jarring like I, I i approve of the fact that most of the promotional material is from that early part of the movie so you don't see much from later on but as a result having seen those trailers takes away from that early part of the movie because you're kind of expecting beats you know like sometimes with if you see a trailer often enough or if a trailer is memorable enough if the movie can feel like a box ticking exercise like oh that's a bit from the trailer oh yeah oh or, uh, yeah. or if they take something out from one of the trailers it, it can be a little distracting to think oh where is that shot from the trailer I feel like that's what the early part of this movie feels like. Okay. All right. And and I guess overall, how, how critical do you think this film is to, I guess, understanding the, the overall jigsaw puzzle that the MCU is trying to construct for this most recent phase? It It will probably play into... Thor's next appearance in a big way. It doesn't feel like it plays into the overall tapestry of the MCU um, really intensely. 
Okay. <laughs> Without All right. No, no, you're walking that that fine line very well, Sean. Uh, or you know, at this point, we're up to almost thirty MCU films. Um, are do you feel like they're hitting the point of being formulaic or repetitive? Or is is you know is comic book fatigue a a thing? I mean, we've been talking about it for years, but are are, are we there yet? I mean, I think your mileage may vary in terms of comic book fatigue. Um, I would say, well, one thing that has staved off comic book fatigue is the fact that certain directors like Taika Waititi have been allowed to lean into their own styles. So they don't feel Mm. like stereotypical comic book movies. They feel like this just happens to be a comic book movie, but this person has been allowed to put their own stamp on it. Right. Um, There are elements of Taika Waititi's style here, but it feels like this has been tweaked or edited in service of fitting the MCU image. And here's here's something of an aside. So uh, our colleague Jennifer Bissett was at a screening in Sydney and mm-hmm. apparently uh, Taika was there um, and said, is anyone here a fan of Thor and um, then he said, yeah, you're going to be disappointed, which makes me wonder. Now, this is this is speculation on my part, so I don't want to put words in his mouth. Make me wonder if he's happy with the movie. He could also just mm. have been exhausted from the press tour. So I will. Stop. Right. Yeah. Right. I guess it could have been an odd attempt at humor. I mean, he's obviously known for that. So that that's an interesting uh, or potentially candid answer, I guess. That, that is a fair point. Like the fact that I wasn't there personally, I couldn't hear how he said it. Uh, I'm sure he right. got some laughs and we were like, wait, what does he mean? Uh, <laughs> uh, so it, it is fascinating. In a few years, hopefully he'll speak candidly. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Well, I guess lastly, when, the, when does the movie come out? And what's the next film in the series to look forward to? Uh, so Thor Love and Thunder hits theaters this Friday and will probably hit Disney Plus in like a month and a half. That seems to be... Uh, the formula that's emerged or the pattern that's emerged um, and then the next movie after this is Black Panther Wakanda Forever which is coming out in November I think we're all fascinated by that that will because like like Chadwick Boseman, yeah. Boseman died and like it, that movie is essentially without a star and that is like really sad we have to wonder what that movie is going to be Um Marvel are going to be at San Diego Comic-Con at the end of this month. So we'll probably get our first trailer for it there. um, And then we'll have a much better sense of what it'll be. All right. Well, Sean, thank you for your time. You can check out his review on CNET.com. If you have any questions, ping me on Twitter at Roger W. Chang. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.